life better than begging and letters and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them is a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out, pick me up there. Oh, I've been out picking big ones in my garden. I bet you have too. That's uh. Yard and Garden Live, welcome in. 90 minutes of questions and answers to them from Nebraska Extension educator Nicole Stoner. Her and her guest can help solve all your problems, from bugs to critters to rots and spots. We call it Yard and Garden Live. You just need to call 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. That's the phone number. And now give a Nice round of applause to the lovely and talented Nicole. Ah, thank you very, very much. Nicole, Nicole, Nicole. Nice to see you again. It's been yes, a couple of weeks since we crossed paths. Well, I had things and you had things. Yeah. And, you know. and, yeah, and they just happened week to week, you <laughs> right. know, back to back weeks. So. I know. Uh, I gotta say, uh, Bob is looking uh, as uh, cuter than ever. Jeez, I mean, uh, what I is go- what is going on? Well, Bob has been on a hormone program. What are you doing? Oh, wait a minute! I got yeah. I, oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Got Bob over here to my uh, one o'clock, and over here at eleven o'clock, uh, a new face. Yeah. So I've got a couple guests with me. I brought uh, another one of our uh, Gage County interns, and this is Alex. And so she's been with us all summer. So welcome. Thanks for coming. Yeah, glad to be here. Wow, <laughs> Alex speaks, talks, yeah, she, walks, and talks. And so she's I, quiet. Yeah, <laughs> but you're are you you're from Gage County. Yes, be- I'm from Beatrice you originally. Are from be- all right. And where are you now? Um, I am still by Beatrice, but I'm studying animal science out at NCTA in Curtis, Nebraska. Wow. All right. And so, but your family's still in Gage County. Yep. Yep. All righty. You think they're listening today? I don't know. <laughs> they better you didn't be. put in the good word? Boy, they better be. Right? Yeah, and you should, you know, they should call and ask a question, too. Yeah. Just for the heck of it. They can say <laughs> hi back to you. Anyway, nice to have you here. Yeah. All right. Uh, and always good to see always. this guy. Yes. This up. guy is oh, nothing no. but T R O U B L E. That's true. Yes. That's that's true. Capital T. That's right. Uh, so if you don't recognize his voice there, that's Bob Henriksen. And he's our Hort program coordinator from the Nebraska State Water Arboretum. So oh. thanks for coming. Long name. Amazing results. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you grow, you uh, work a lot with all the plant programs from the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Yes. And uh, do you grow? You grow all of those? I grow the plants as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. We probably grow, oh, 60% of what we uh, offer to the public, and then the other 40% I'll order in from uh, local nurseries. Yeah, and it's good stuff. I've bought some stuff from up there myself. It worked? Yeah, it worked, (laughs) you know, so that's always good. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's we uh, always advertise for the spring affair in April when that one comes around. So that's it's, it's that's fun. You know, you guys are probably aware that that more and more gardeners are trying to go native. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to do their part in uh, helping our pollinating insects, you know, because they've read or heard somewhere that they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of cool to know the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. We've been doing that for 40 years, you know, mm-hmm. and. You almost want to say about time you people come on board, but you know, I mean, <laughs> it's all it's all good because people come in and go, well, "What do you have here that's good for pollinators?" And I kind of like pause and go, "Well, everything." Right. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> everything that you grow is yeah. good for pollinators. Yeah, and you know, and you know, I, but 
you know, like people go out and destroy dandelions. They want to get rid of clover. And those are both plants that, you know, pollinators, you know, they. Oh, yeah. Dandelions are one of the best food uh, options for uh, bees early in the spring. I love that you said bees. Okay, because check this out. Uh, Everybody knows of Angelina Jolie, right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and a lot of the Hollywood <coughs> elites are uh, into beekeeping. Hmm. You know, this even is even Angelina. And in fact, she was in I'm a sure. full beekeeper suit, uh-huh. and she presented graduates of the French. It would it be aphidology, aphidology, okay. apidology, apidology. Yeah. Okay, oh, uh, with yeah, the, well, d- d- apis yeah the with their work uh, for their work. They graduated Wednesday, and. Um, yeah, so she was in a beekeeper's outfit. Uh, I think that would create quite a buzz. Right. Angelina Jolie. Oh, yeah. You've been but, waiting uh, all morning for but that. But no, joke. no, but no, no, no. <laughs> and then uh, David Beckham, okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea huh. are all celebrity beekeepers. Really? It's a bit. It's starting to you know, well, you know, get them. a little traction. The only person I didn't see on the list that should be on. Sting, right? <laughs> well, Where's he? Right? You know, he exactly. Be. Come on, Sting. that's a good one because it's a Sting. Yeah. I have a friend that uh, uh, works for UNLB Lab, and uh, actually a couple of friends that you works for UNLB Lab. They do great work, and I don't know if you have Judy Woosmart on the show. No, or, I or, should look into that. Yeah, I think you should get somebody mm-hmm. from the B Lab on. It'd yeah, be great, be a, cool. a great show, and I've had uh, them all on the show before. But uh, anyway. Uh, Luke, one of the folks that works there, he keeps his own bees, and he brought me honey last fall. I purchased it from him and by the court, uh-huh. you know, and, yeah. and it's really dark honey, and uh, we're both convinced that it's goldenrod honey, and goldenrod is actually a very important native plant. Of course, it's a famous plant of Nebraska, right? It, and I love saying that to people because they're like, uh, oh, it's our state flower. Okay. Right. Well, anyway, this plant is very important to pollinating insects. You'll see Butterflies, bees, wasps, flies, everything clamoring over that plant mm-hmm. in the fall. And we always think like, oh, they know what's coming, right, is our, <laughs> is our assumption. <laughs> yeah. But I think the assumption is that, you know, it, it offers a lot of pollen and mm-hmm. a lot of nectar. So they're collecting that for their brood uh, to be able to overwinter. So the more goldenrod we have in our landscape, the better it is for beekeepers because yeah. they're having a hard time with their hives overwintering, mm-hmm. uh, not just, you know, temperature extremes and whatnot it's uh it's diversity of diet plain and yeah. simple i you know i have a brother-in-law who just started keeping bees and i was asking them about how you know how bees make it especially you know when we had those days and days and days of like minus 29 right mm-hmm. and i was asking you know what is up yeah how do those guys <laughs> you know get through a winter and then he was kind of kind of told me and, and i i didn't quite get a hold of it all but they actually kind of are in there jimmying around yep. yeah yep. Jimmy, they, they like huddle. shake um they vibrate shake. a little and it keeps it brings that warmth back into there and holds, well, it, holds it in, and they like group up and basically like are shivering but it keeps them keeps them warm kind of like you see penguins you know you'll <laughs> see, you've probably all seen images of penguins trying to live through some 70 mile an hour <laughs> wind yeah. down in antarctica yeah. going dude how are they surviving yeah, they're all kind of huddled true, in yeah. a group and uh, and then they all kind of change places, you know. Uh-huh. Okay, you move to the outside. Oh, your turn, Fred. You move to the inside. <laughs> your you turn know? in the barrel now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Time for me to warm up, <laughs> warm my chops up. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Now here's the deal. Uh, with Bob here 
and Nicole there, we could just uh, we could just chat this morning away with the, <laughs> with that blink in an eye. So you really need to give us a call, or you'll just have to live with it. 402-729-3383. Um, guess, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Bob, you were talking about goldenrod uh-huh. and how we need to plant that. And, you know, sometimes people are under the impression that goldenrod is causing allergies, right? And they think, well, I can't plant that. I'm allergic to it. It makes my hay fever terrible. And really, it's not the goldenrod. They're right. getting the bad rap right. because they bloom at the same time as ragweed. Bingo. And ragweed is what's causing ah, your allergies, yep. not the goldenrod. How about that? So when people say, well, I can't plant that because I have hay fever, it's right. not that. It's Bingo. It, don't plant ragweed. I'm really, I'm, yeah, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the pollen, what a, a good answer for people is it's botanically impossible for it to cause hay fever because the pollen's too heavy to be carried That's by the right. wind. Yep. And I'm yep. like, oh, once I read that, I was like, cool. Because people would say to me, Oh, yes, it mm-hmm. does. You know, yeah. it's like, well, mm-hmm. what can I say to them to, to really kind of make them it's button impossible. their lip, right? Yeah, it's impossible. Now, of course, if you stuck your nose in a bouquet of goldenrod and just kind of, you know, get it all over your nose, the pollen's going to stick to your nose. Like You're it. probably going to feel <laughs> This is it, why you know, I like right? this guy. <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, one thing I always like to trick people, because way back in the day, I was a freshman on campus at UNL. And I was I was worked for landscape services, so I was watering this flower bed that was recently installed, and there was goldenrod in there. And I know the name now; it's called Stiff Goldenrod. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy's walking by, going to the Devaney Sports Center, and there were a lot of people walking up and down. This was in the summer, so I don't know what event was going on. He's like, "Oh, what goldenrod is that?" I think he stopped, you know, to, to chat with me a little bit. What goldenrod is that? And I said, "I don't know. It's a goldenrod." Mm-hmm. He's like, well, "Which one?" And I'm like. Dude, it's a goldenrod. I mean, it's like, come on, a goldenrod. <laughs> and then that, he kind of made me feel like Bill Murray in Caddyshack, you know, like, okay, dumb gardener. <laughs> so I vowed, okay, I'm going to learn these plant names. And uh, that's kind of where it all started. I still go back to that whole so story. Much. <laughs> 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 and, and, and I think I say now, though, it's because it's the want to. Right. You know, yeah. right. you have to want to. Yeah. Right. For, I, I want you to call 402 729 3383. Uh, 402-729-3383. Gotta tell ya, guess what happened? What I got out of the garden yesterday. Very first. A tomato? Kohlrabi. Oh, we got some kohlrabi. Yeah, got some Good. kohlrabi. <clears throat> and, uh, which is not unusual that my wife had never seen kohlrabi before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people really don't. Yeah. It's uh. not. It's not a typical vegetable. Yeah. That we, you know, you don't buy it at the store. No, I don't no, think you no. Can find it. And you know, what? It's funny because it looks like an old cartoon uh, of uh, of you know how an animal will swallow like a an object and it just gets outlined in its stomach. It's like <laughs> this plant swallowed a handball or a tennis ball, yes. and there it is, right, right. there, just boom. Uh, so uh, I, I, I. Brought it in a couple of nights ago, and then last night, we went ahead and peeled it down. And mm-hmm. uh, you find out really quick that you don't want any of that outer green on any of your bites of kohlrabi. <laughs> it's like, it tells you that really quick. I, and it's just, but the, oh, man. Yeah. Love that stuff. Do you guys typically eat it raw, or do you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it would ever last long enough right. to, to be, you know, I, I know there's a ton of recipes that you can use it in. But, yeah, 
just uh, slicing it and dicing it in like pencil sticks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, Great. My family enjoys that. Not me. <clears throat> Not a fan. Yeah. Um, and and it's just a personal preference, you know. Yeah. Um, but they put a little salt on it when right. they yeah, do it. Yeah, so. I, I yeah, I could see right. that. Uh, right. it, it's a it kind of tastes a little bit like a radish. I would say it's a mixture of a radish and a turnip. Because I've, tr- I've tried it. Yeah. Um, but just not. It's, and it's a little not bit of cabbage in, my, in there maybe, too. Maybe yeah. maybe a little cabbagey yeah. in there. It's yeah. in that same family right. with those kinds of and things. It, so. And it and it has the look and textures of himica. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yakima. Yeah, yakima. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I always, yeah. I always get that wrong because I always different flavor than yakima. Because I, because I, I always <laughs> tell my wife, oh, it's like jagama, and she go, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> not how you say it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah, really. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. New study shows that tomatoes sound out an electric warning signal to the rest of the plant when insects attack. Huh. Well, then mine have been sending signals. I found some Japanese beetles on them the other day. Uh, and I tried to yeah. pick them off so I could squish them, and then they fell, and I, I lost them. But they're <laughs> smart. They'll literally do the dive bomb and say, yeah. okay, human, you know, and, and, and they'll either fly off or yeah. just drop. Yeah. And, uh, they, were, they were smart. They caught on that I was trying to kill them, and they were, they were gone. So how are your tomatoes? I mean, I've got a plant that, <laughs> right. that yeah, they're covered with green tomatoes. Yep, and that is pretty well widespread. Is it? Um, All right. I think they're starting to. We had some in the, because Alex and Katie both have been helping in our um, our uh, donation gardens out this, at the schools. Which is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had, uh, and I saw it yesterday, there's, there's like one or two that have pe- that are pink. Yeah. Pink. Okay. So and the, those are great. You know, we're you bring, moving. You can bring those in, and they will ripen up for you. Yeah. You know, fine. We're if you're impatient. Along. I know. I, yeah. Well, I'd be mean. I wait. Yes. And so, so next week is the Age County Fair. So typically, the way it works is the week of the fair is when my garden really starts going. Well, <laughs> exactly. You know it. Yeah. You so it. at your busiest um, time, yes. in other words. So, uh, so hopefully, you know, and, and it's a weather thing that they're just kind of slow. They kind of have stalled out, and I honestly. I know I said that usually during the fair they start to ripen up, but I honestly wonder with this heat wave mm. if it'll stall them out more. Yeah, Darn because it. it's once it gets above about 90, 95, they just kind of... Everything hunkers down. down yeah, down, they're yeah. like, whoo, it is warm out. Yeah. Haven't so. I even heard that like pollination will yep. cease after yep. uh, above I 90? I think it's 90 or 95. Yeah, the pollen actually becomes sterile right. on those plants. Right. And so even if they do get pollinated, it's not going to do much. So, yeah. um, you know... I've been getting a lot of zucchinis, which everybody's been getting a lot of zucchinis. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of donations of that. Yeah. Uh, the cucumbers are starting to go. Yeah, my cucumbers. I think are beans are going in most places pretty well. Um, but you know, like the tomatoes and the peppers, just give them time. Uh, it's just the weather, the way it is. They will. I mean, they right. will produce more than you need. I know. Once just the, give them a little bit of time. Once they start. Yep. Hello. Yep. They'll be they'll yeah. be running them out of your ears. So that's just an environmental thing, and they'll yeah. come around. They All right. Will. I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, uh, take a break, and I'm going to run out to the transmitter, make sure we're on the air. <laughs> right. Is anybody yeah. out there? Oh, yeah. Testing. <laughs> one, on. two, three. And uh, hopefully we'll have your calls coming up next on Yard and Garden Live.
Welcome back, Yard and Garden Live on your Friday. You know what? And I was also looking at the calendar, and here's another reason for you to call if you're out there sitting on the fence. Uh, we have we'll, one week. We have, we have one week before we take our, our break I know. Uh, for August, and then we won't be back until the first two weeks of September. I know. Mm. Uh, it is crazy that we're already done with this again. I know it. I know it. It's it, Zoom. The time flies when we're having so much fun it does. on Yard and Garden. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. But like I said, if you don't want to call, that's good with me. We can handle that. <laughs> uh, the guy uh, B- Bob Hendrickson is here. Uh, hi, hi. Uh, I remember one of the first programs uh, you were here, and you talked about growing soil. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, remember that? Yeah. Oh, and I thought, man, that is a cool idea. And now. You know, I started out with the hole in the ground, uh-huh. <laughs> and now I've got my my wife. A couple of years ago, bought me a barrel, a rolling barrel. Oh, to make your own compost, right? Huh? And I had so much, I had to go out and buy a, another trash can that had a screw top lid. It's brown plastic. Uh-huh. You've seen them, uh-huh. screw top top lid, and I just drilled a bunch of holes in it to catch the overflow. Ah, yeah, nice. All right, hey, let me see. We got a caller here. Let's don't let him get away. My goodness. Shirley, oh, thank you. Shirley in Fairbury has a question. Thank you so much for calling, Shirley. Uh huh. Well, I tell you, I've called before about the poppies, and so I bought three Oriental poppy plants, planted them, watered them, and. Now they're gone, and do they disappear, or do the rabbits get them? Yeah, poppies are a short-lived creature. <laughs> yeah, you know, they might have gone dormant on you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you obviously when you planted them, you were keeping them moist, right, watering them in and whatnot, and then all of a sudden you came out there one day, and maybe it, what was two leaves now is gone, right? Do you still see, like, the remnants of the plant there? anything there and I, I don't know I do have a problem with rabbits because I, I planted tomatoes and cucumbers and, and next thing I know they're pulled right out of the ground uh, that sounds like a squirrel those I was gonna say, that would be a squirrel rabbits, oh, will, rabbits yeah. will chew it off at the um, yeah. at the ground and leave or and eat all of that the squirrels if it's being pulled up that's probably more of a squirrel. yeah those little stinkers they'll do that they'll 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 pull it up going did you hide an acorn under that thing oh, <laughs> you know and it's like uh but no the poppy i would say don't give up on it yet you know keep you okay. know, be, be cognizant that it's there and because you know the old-fashioned orange poppies right right uh those completely disappear too by this time oh, of year they do disappear mm-hmm. yeah then. yep yep, yep. That they just go dormant. Um, a, a smart plant saying, you know, you guys can have July and August. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hang out till next year, and I'll make you all smile around Memorial Day. Okay. Well, I, I just couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. What in the world happened to them? And so hopefully they'll come up next spring then, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Sure. Very yep. good. Thank you. Thank I think you. Uh, probably Peter, Paul, and Mary said it best when they said, where have all the poppies oh, gone? Oh. They were talking about. Oh, they, they said flowers, about but poppies. they were they they meant poppies. <laughs> what started it all? I think they were talking about the flower children. Okay. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, those boy, those people you want to stay away from, huh? <laughs> you know, where have all the <laughs> yeah. poppies gone? Yeah, no kidding. Long so time we uh, <laughs> and made a list of all of the. 
towns that we knew of that had farmers markets and i would imagine now we're getting into mm -hmm. the time of year oh, yeah. where the farmers markets are rocking it no doubt yeah. uh yeah. No doubt. I, I would i would expect to see all kinds of zucchini yep. cucumbers green beans kohlrabi maybe and not tomatoes just yet but sweet corn sweet corn I, that i think we just got our first donation yeah. of sweet corn right. yesterday. Yeah. uh if we what yeah you're the you're the person to ask what's coming in did that i leave anything out we haven't gotten a ton of tomatoes. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it's not yet. Eggplants. Eggplant. Yeah. The most worthless plant in the whole wide world. Oh, but go oh ahead. we need to talk. See, yeah, we no, we don't that's need what to I talk. Said. I tell them that too. No, but we don't. I don't I, like kohlrabi. Uh, you don't like eggplant. I've okay. tried it every. You, you haven't tried it the way my wife fixes it. Yeah. You're right, and I'm not gonna. Uh, it is pretty uh, good. Anyway, if done right, has to be cooked right. Mm -hmm. yes. In other words, he had a bad experience mm -hmm. and uh, could have been way back in childhood. Who knows? But yeah. you had a bad experience. Go. Why would anybody eat that mushy stuff? You know, mm -hmm. right? And if Something it was like picked that. at the wrong time, it's bad. <laughs> Something like that. If you, if you let eggplant go too long, it's not good. I just don't think there's room in my life for purple food. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's just the I've got. It's one of the prettiest festivals out there. Period. Yeah. It is very pretty. Yeah. Uh, we're growing one. It's like fairy tale, and so it's these little fingerling ones. Little they're like cute. four inches, yeah. and they're like a purple white modeling together. Nice. They're very cute. They're very cute. Yeah, I tell you, Randy, uh, I'll slice them in half, and then that 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 bitterness is in the juice. So to to do it right, to get a nice brown edge on it, you know, cut it in half, and then you you salt that cut edge, mm -hmm. and then put it on a paper towel, and literally all that moisture gets pulled out of it, and then you get much more of a browning on it when you cook it, and that and that water that's getting pulled out of it is is where the bitterness is coming from, and of course harvesting it early before all the seeds are in mm -hmm. there is important. But uh, my favorite thing is to do is take those little guys, those little three to four inch eggplants, not the big boat. Okay. It's kind of like a zucchini, right? Because that's all I've had is yeah, the big you ones. Eat, you eat a zucchini when it's young, right? And mm -hmm. they're just like, well, what do I do with this big boat? Well, time for bread or yes. cake, right? Uh -huh. and, yes. And so the same thing with the eggplant. If you get them young and then, and then after you slice it and get all the water out, I'll actually marinate it. Some olive oil, some fresh herbs, salt and pepper, whatever, and then throw that on the grill. I bet you would change your mind about eggplant because then you sear both sides on the grill. Well, when are you going to ask me over? And, right. And do you <laughs> and do you have like a swimming pool in your backyard? No. Nope. This guy knows how to make delicious sounding food. I mean, yeah, I've not tried I any know. of it, but every time we talk, it's like something else that You're sounds like, oh, delicious. Dang it, I want that. I know yeah, and, it sounds and, delicious. Yeah. So I have an eggplant waiting for me and zucchini at home, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do is stir fry them. I, it's oh, great and stir fry go. too. There you go. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah. Four zero two seven two. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. You know, last week they had a lot of calls. Mm -hmm. The uh, week that I was here, that you were gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had a lot of calls. I think 12, 13, 14 calls. Yep, that's what I heard. I got the last five minutes when, on the radio oh, when I was okay. coming back. Yeah. So. so we had a good time. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, that's good. Yeah. So uh, if you if you do have a question, 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383 is the phone number. We'd love to have you part of Yard and Garden Live on today's Best Country, all red, 99.5. And uh, well, let's go around and uh, here's here's farmers markets for you uh, every Tuesday in Wilbur. It's at the corner of Third and Harris. Thursday they are in Crete. The farmers market is at Crete at the Ace Hardware parking lot. 
2.30 to 6 p.m. In Beatrice on Thursday, 4 to 6.30 at 6th and High Street, where you'll find the Methodist Church. Also Thursday down in Washington, uh, 4 to 6, and Saturday in Washington from 8 until noon, west side of the courthouse. In Hebron, the, their farmer's market is Saturday from 8 a.m. 8 a.m. until noon at 240 Lincoln. Uh, Bennett City Park on Wednesdays from 4 until 7 p.m. And in downtown Fairbury, 8 a.m. to noon, right down in the west side of the square, about a half a block from us, uh, the farmer's market is set up from 8 until noon in Fairbury. To the phone we go talk to, <clears throat> pardon me, Ruby. Ruby in Blue yes. Springs. Ruby, I got a quick question here before your question. Okay. Uh, did you ever take your love to town, Ruby? Oh, well, I think so, of course. Uh, you know, I wish you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you, you, oh, no. You, you know, talking about the song, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have good. a question. I planted uh, hannas in a huge uh, flower pot. My question is, they're doing very well. They've gotten tall. They have been blooming. But what do I do with that old stock after it's done blooming? Do I cut it off, or do it? Do you just leave it and let it be? I think you could do either. Are you saying you want to cut that flower stalk back to encourage well, more bloom, or are you saying after it freezes in the fall? No, I'm talking about now. It's still blooming, you know, and it keeps growing more. Uh, I don't know if you call them spikes, but anyway, it uh, is still blooming. Uh, but the old, the old spikes that have bloomed, they get kind of ugly, I think, and I'd like to trim them. I didn't know if that was all right or not. Yeah, you can cut just that flower stalk off. Just go, I mean, as far back as mm -hmm. you can reach and just snip it off there mm -hmm. with your pruners, and it'll be just okay. fine. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. They make a beautiful arrangement, yeah. uh, but... I didn't know quite how to take care of it. So Once again, what, I thank you. what kind of flower was it, Ruby? It's a canna. Cannas. You don't know what a canna is? Come oh, on, buddy. Oh, a canna. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Ruby. Th yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for calling. <laughs> I had to give Randy our time. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's my no, program. But, but, I can throw you out of here. Right. You know? But cutting those spent flowers, you know, it's gonna the, <clears throat> the plant because because cannas will produce seed depending on the on the variety. Uh -huh. uh, it's gonna put energy into trying to produce that seed. Uh, so you cutting it back to those next flower buds is just gonna encourage more flowers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good yep. thing to do. Two in a row. My goodness, yeah. what's going on? Rod Hebron, hi. What's your question, buddy? I'd like to direct my call to Bob, possibly, the Nebraska Arboretum. Uh-huh. Hey, Fine. Bob. Hello. I've got some questions for you concerning regard, and maybe the others guys know, too, but uh, uh, good to talk to you this morning as well. Uh, I've got some problems, some issues with some trees. Okay. I've, I've got, uh, I planted a small orchard here 20 years ago. And I had an apricot tree two years ago that just started dropping its leaves. Excuse me, incoming call. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> sorry about that. But it started dropping its leaves along about in August, mm. early, early. Mm -hmm. And it and the next spring it just didn't. Then it was dead. Mm. And uh, I didn't really inspect the leaves or anything at the time. But this year, I've got about a forty. 45 foot American elm. Uh, it was probably we're we're down here in the river bottom okay. area of Hebron, and um, 
all the other trees that are, this is a canopy shaped like a rain tree, mm-hmm. um, about 40 feet tall, old elm, uh-huh. that uh, might have been a native tree to this area that just started growing. I have no idea. Sure. But but it's, it was a beautiful shade tree for our backyard. Mm-hmm. And earlier, about a month ago, I noticed that it started to uh, show some signs of stress on the lower canopy that was about five, six foot off the ground. Mm. And um, the, the leaves started turning brown, and it showed all those same signs. And now the leaves are falling off prematurely. Yeah. Yeah. They're turning turning yellow in the top. Yeah. Uh, from a distance, it really looks sad, um, yeah. even close up. And then I had, then to the north of that, about 45 feet, there was a um, lilac shrub. And it looks pretty good. But then north of that, we had planted a snow crab, and it's looking the same stress look on the leaves and things that the uh, old American elm that I think is an American elm, but it looks. And I pulled off a branch of each tree and brought it in and shook it a little bit, and I don't see any signs of any insects or aphids. But the leaves are... are Crispy brown. Yeah, they're turning brown mm-hmm. with little holes all over in it, uh, and they just progress from there and get worse mm-hmm. until... Until there's nothing left, hmm. I mean that's, they just they just drop off. That's on the crab apple. <clears throat> yeah, well, right. on the crab and on the old American elm, hmm. okay. and it, it and it resembles what I saw two years ago on the apricot tree. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's just go on down the line here. Mm-hmm. Uh, your apricot tree, you know, I don't know if they get the uh, cedar apple rust like a. Um, crab apple or an apple does i don't think they're susceptible to that um i that you know who knows that issue um i'm I'm guessing um you know you planted this orchard what did you say 10 20 years ago 20 years ago and this was a this was an unusually tall apricot tree Mm. it was it produced only one year out of the 20 right that we had it (laughs) and and uh, uh, boy, they were great apricots. I love apricots. That one but year, anyway, yeah, that one year is it, great. It, it is a hit and miss here in Nebraska for mm-hmm. sure, you know. And uh, yeah. you know, and everybody but knows. But they were, yeah, yeah. And you know, again, I, I'm going to plead ignorance on the cedar apple rust thing with with the apricot. I don't know if Nicole knows, I don't, but I don't think I've ever had um, an apricot on it. But like you said. Um, they're not a, a long-lived tree in Nebraska, apricots yeah, yeah. and peaches in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of diseases that do affect those right. trees. And sure. if you're not spraying. Um, it could have got a disease. Yep. It could have been environmental. It could you have know. Been, yeah. Um, yeah. Without seeing it, it's hard to tell for sure. But you know, yeah. sometimes when we buy potted trees um, and, and that, that root system is, is root-bound, mm-hmm. that the yeah. symptoms from that root-bound root system won't show up for sometimes decades later. And right. so mm-hmm. what I always okay. tell people when a tree does come down, and sometimes this is easier said than done, if you can kind of, you know, pop that tree out and examine the root system. Yeah, I was just going to ask him that if he, if yeah. he did that. Did yeah. you, do you remember taking it out, what it looked like when you pulled it uh, out of the ground? I just, it actually, um, it's still a kind of a post Still kind of there, post. Gotcha. Yeah, it's all standing there. Yeah, it's funny because when I when we bought the house that we're living in now, the there wasn't apricot tree, and uh, the first season that we were there, it actually had apricots. The second year yeah. it didn't, and the third year we could see that it was dying, and I just okay. kind of ignored it and ignored it and ignored it, and then when it did die, as I was out, yeah. you know, trimming it up to cut it off i noticed wow 
I, you could just yeah. take that trunk mm-hmm. and, you know, almost like a joystick. Right. And so... Exactly. I, I, there's, yeah, there's just no roots. The roots a, are like dead. And that's yeah. that's all the areas we're talking about. In other words, you know, you're probably saying I probably won't plant an apricot again, but but you know that can definitely lead to other problems like yeah. like cedar apple rust or mm-hmm. other things moving in because the tree is stressed. Yeah. So the apricot problem we're not going to be able to solve for you. But your American elm, um, I think uh, Nicole and I would both agree it's most likely Dutch elm disease. Yep. Um, they okay. they will st- literally start in the lower canopy um, mm-hmm. and and work its way All up right. the tree. There's nothing okay. we can do for the tree. Um, right. It's probably mm-hmm. a goner, unfortunately, because it was providing some good shade for you guys in the backyard. And, yeah, and that's typically what we would see with a Dutch elm now is the trees will get up there around 40 feet and then crash. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. And yeah. Oh, okay. And people think that okay. disease is gone, but it's not. Yeah. It just kind of is simmering yeah. until it finds a tree it can really right. take hold in. And sure. so. Like you said, okay. it probably was naturally planted, um, yeah. which and that's where we're seeing it along creek beds and things like that, where right. it okay. just come, the tree came in naturally and then eventually they get the disease. Right, right. Like, yeah, this, like oh, go ahead. A, yeah, real shame because it was a beautifully mm-hmm. shaped, you know, it like is. a rain tree you'd see on a postcard. Yeah. Right, yep. and uh, sorry, to, sorry to see it go, but that's uh, what everybody was that. saying in the seventies and eighties when yep. we had elms canopy to canopy, and it oh. was like, uh, what a shame. And, uh-huh. And okay. what did yeah. we as humans do? We went and planted a million ash trees, and, you know, and yeah. 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 you know, so, so we didn't really learn so, a lesson. But but as so far then as we're giving up on that tree, yeah. what about the snow crab? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything I can do? What what do you think's going on with it? Yeah, I, I think what what you're likely seeing there is cedar apple rust, which is uh, a, a symptom where cedar trees and and uh, things in the apple family. Um, have a disease okay. that kind of crosses between the two. And if it starts looking rough in August, uh, July, August, um, and, and actually will drop leaves, mm-hmm. um, it very okay. seldom it, uh, kills the tree, but certainly it can make okay. it look unsightly. Your best defense against that for next year is as those leaves drop off that tree, mm-hmm. uh, don't just leave them under the tree, rake them away and discard them because the, spore, okay. the spores from that disease remain on those old leaves and it'll give it an easier avenue to find your tree that snowdrift crab is pretty resistant to it so i'm kind of surprised to hear is it resistant uh, to scab too is it apple scab yeah we had the we had uh, a royalty crab and a couple of uh, snow crabs planted in from a tree uh, service out of davenport and i think they're also out of lincoln out west of lincoln now and they're you know they were hardy trees um but this one, I just don't want it to spread to the others. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, so. and, and you know, you can spray them early in the spring um, mm-hmm. to, to prevent that. And you, but you have to get what? it literally before the, the leaves emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's good information on, on NEB guides okay. on cedar apple rust. They get, you know, yeah. backyard farmer gets questions all the time on it. So they put together some great NEB guides of what you can do to, to keep that from spreading from your tree, including just cultural things rather than just mm-hmm. all in out spraying. Okay. So. okay. Yeah, they've been watered really well. I, I mean, not overly watered, but because especially with this summer, you can't keep up with it. But uh, mm-hmm. they have had a source of water from our sprinkling system, which, you know, I don't use overly. But, uh, right. Yeah, do, do they you, should have a, you know, shouldn't be a drought problem. Right, right. 
Yeah, and one thing we can all do to help our trees too. What can what can I do to assure this tree remains healthy? And one thing yep. we can all do is extend a mulch bed, create a mulch bed underneath that tree. Okay. So okay. It, and, and in a perfect world, you're you're having that mulch bed extend out to the drip line of that tree, meaning it could be a 12 foot mulch all bed. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and because grass competition underneath that tree, if you have grass mm -hmm. right up to the trunk, which a lot of mm -hmm. us do. Um, when the when the moisture whatever moisture you're getting from your sprinkler system, the grass is getting most of it. The tree is getting okay. kind of like the leftovers. The grass says, "Dude, I win. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get most of this surface moisture." You know, obviously the tree can coexist with grass. We've seen it right time and time again. But if you want to do, what can I do for my practices to make it more healthy? And you can smother that grass. Some people will just put some corrugated cardboard over the top mm. of the grass. Mm -hmm. You know, shave it down yeah. low. Put the cardboard on top and throw some wood chips on top, and it'll smother it, and uh, okay. that way you don't have All to right. spray it. Yep. Right. Uh, my last question, I've got an old locust tree on the west side, and it's the only one left. We had a beautiful tall, probably 70, 75-foot tall one that got struck by lightning wow. some years ago, and, and it didn't shed pods. Hmm. But. But this one <laughs> is one that one that sheds, and it's just I've hauled off three trailer loads of. Yikes! Uh, Are they male and female locust trees? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Mm, that's what I've understood. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is the maybe the female. Right. Yep. yep. She's making a mess uh, for you. So you got three trays. <laughs> you got three trailer loads. Oh, oh by my the word! Thousands. Yikes! <laughs> if you don't mow. Oh my word! Yikes! <laughs> and and you're probably going. What can I do to prevent that? Nothing. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like you know, it is what it is. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah. And and you probably notice some years are worse than others. Uh, tree trees will often do what's called masting, especially oak yeah. trees, mm -hmm. where they'll yeah. skip a couple years before they have a heavy fruit set. And sometimes, yeah. obviously, it has to do with the weather. Um, last year was not sure. a good tree seed year. Whereas this year, like the silver maples, you know, uh, everything's kind of like coming back with a vengeance because uh, the previous year we had a late yeah. freeze mm -hmm. and took care of a lot of the, the yeah. seeds that were would have developed. I, ex I experienced that too. It, what is it with the pods that cause a, really an al allergic reaction to the pollen or something on them when, they, when you're picking them up? Hmm. You're saying you get, a, you get like a, a skin issue? Really? No, a... a respiratory issue really when picking yeah. up the pods boy that's a new one to me i don't know I, I don't know okay i don't know okay because they really have a distinct um uh, smell Order. and yeah and um well yeah. you, you know back in the day those those were fed to cattle uh those uh, yeah lot, i know yeah a, a lot <laughs> in of, the 30s yep a lot yeah. of critters a lot of critters take advantage of those uh, sure uh, yeah you know i you know, more power to a cow that's eating one of those, because that is some that is some cud to chew. I tell you what, yeah. uh, but uh, I think they're pretty nutritious. Well, I've taken you around the farmyard here. You have. I appreciate your comments on it. I hope all your trees are dying. Right? <laughs> yeah, we hardly have any left. We have some old maples, but that's about it. We'll start planting. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. We we try. All right. Okay, well, thank you this morning. Thanks, and yeah. have a good day. It was Rod, Thanks. Rod, like running around and being the whole audience. Thank you, Rod. We appreciated <laughs> it. 402-729-3383 is our phone number on Yard and Garden Live. And we'll be back, hopefully, with more phone calls after a quick break. 
We are back. Yard and Garden Live continuing on today's Best Country Old Red 99.5. Bob Henriksen is here with uh, Nicole Stoner and uh, also a, a uh, uh, intern. Thank you very <laughs> much there. The old man is losing it. Uh, who is joining Nicole uh, this particular day. So. Uh, all ready to ask answer qu- are, are you would would you like to take a few questions yourself, ma'am? I'm good. I'll leave that to Nicole. Okay. <laughs> well, just you know, maybe you could give like maybe dating advice. You know, it could be yard and garden and you know dating advice. Don't do this. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> she knows. Oh, I mean, probably most things you would know about horses. I feel like. Right? All right. Yeah, so there probably. we go. Okay. If you <laughs> got a horse question. Yeah. You know. <laughs> bring it on bring it on i'm, oh. I'm curious I, I do have one for her you know have you noticed when you're out with your horse and you're just kind of out putzing around the property and they start grazing on things um sometimes they'll graze on the twigs right and sometimes they'll, they'll graze whatever's in the grass um and a friend of mine that's an herbalist will say that the horse knows what to eat and what to avoid of course right mm-hmm. but they will actually eat certain plants for medicine um not that the horse knows, well, I, I eat the willow because, well, to us humans, like, well, it really, he really likes the willow. I don't know. He goes up and he's, he's eating at the willow. But, but if you look up health benefits of willow bark, you'll go, ah, so is the horse getting that? Of course it is, right? And there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other plant material, too, that one, us humans brought over from when we came over from across the pond, we brought those plants with us. And we brought those plants with us for food stuff, but we also brought them for medicine. And, uh, and of course, the Native Americans utilized what was here as well for, for you know, centuries. But some of this food stuff, you guys, in medicine goes back to medieval times. But we've all just kind of forgot about it, you know. Well, because yeah, I mean, you just go down to the Walmart. Exactly. And, yeah. and get a pill and say, yeah. what's in this stuff? And the various salves that you can get. Where, I'll, where else I'll have people go, oh, you don't want to mess with that because it, it'll, you know, make you sick or whatever. You don't, you know, you need to. You need a doctor to prescribe that. But, well, willow is actually where aspirin came from, you know, oh. uh, the, the beginnings of aspirin. And, you know, you just chew on a twig of a willow to get rid of a headache, apparently, right? I've never done that, but, but still, that, that's my question is, have you noticed, you, you maybe you don't pay attention to what the horse is eating when you're out just, you know, you're stopping somewhere and the horse says, okay, while she's sitting here, I'm going to eat something. Or do, do you notice... They'll literally want to take you somewhere to eat a certain plant if they see Oh, it. that's a good one. Um, So most of our, I don't, like I ride in the pasture quite a bit and they kind of just sneak grass as I'm riding gotcha. or like, so, and I take them through the trees every once in a while, but it's more of they're trying to just navigate through right. what they're going through. So right. I have, I don't really notice that, but I'll right. definitely keep my eye out. Yeah. In other words, you're probably not going to notice because like you said, they're going to sneak a bite here and mm-hmm. there because, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah. because I can. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but if you stop somewhere, you know, and just kind of going, okay, look around or whatever. And the horse knows you're stopping. It's going to say, I'm going to take advantage of Head. this. Head yeah. goes down, yep. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying, Bob, is that the horse has a little knee pain today, so he's going to walk <laughs> to that spot where there's willows. Right. And I, don't those I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I need to have Barbara pain. here to. <laughs> I need to have Barbara here to explain it to me. But I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. That, you know, maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not a pain, an ache, a pain, right, or something, yeah. but just. Uh, and I think just all plants inherently have that stuff. Not right. that the horse knows it. You know what I mean. Um, but it is, it is interesting to know, like, what 
um, what those help you with or what they used to use them for and things right. like that. Um, Same thing with a rancher. You know, a rancher will tell you there's increasers uh, out in the range and there's decreasers. You know, the, the increasers are the things the cows won't eat, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but a lot of the, the decreasers, those plants that the cows favor, especially the forbs, um, anybody that's got a very diverse pasture knows that a forb diet right with the grass diet is just as important. Um, but when we tend to keep the cows in that pasture too long, they tend to go for the forbs first. So you'll drive by a pasture and it's dominated by grasses, but very few flowers. And the only flowers that are there are the ones they don't eat. Mm -hmm. So those are regarded as weeds, you see, because, well, right. cows won't touch them. It must be a weed. Right. Um, so I just find it very interesting that, we, you know, in our pastures, obviously we have to rotate more but um that's easier said than done in a lot of instances yeah sometimes but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but really uh encouraging that that the, the wildflowers the forbs uh right in that mix right along with the grasses i think mm -hmm. really important to mm -hmm. our bovids health too 402-729-3383 402-729-3383 if you have a question here to answer them <clears throat> and nicole stoner Gage County Extension Educator, and Bob Henriksen, who is uh, uh, another uh, UNL kind of guy, kind of has a little bit of knowledge about everything. And, uh, well, you know, what What exactly is your title? In, I don't know? even know. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm Horticulture Program Coordinator. Okay. With the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Of the Arboretum. And Very yes. good. He's British now. Huh? Yes. Oh, yes, I noticed. <laughs> we uh, have, anyway, we're a nonprofit. Right. We, uh, a program of the Nebraska Forest Service. So gotcha. we work closely with the Nebraska Forest Service. So we're trees and prairie, uh, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Hol holistic approach to the landscape, if you will. And uh, housed on the campus at UNL, the Ag Campus there at East Campus. And... Uh, but again, uh, we keep the lights on uh, as a nonprofit. The university does not support us uh, financially, mm -hmm. so we're not a part of their budget. So we survive by people becoming members, um, and we have affiliated Arboretum sites from Falls City to Shadron and all points in between, like 100 different sites. They could be a park. It could be a, a fairgrounds. It could be, a, you know, um, a school. Uh-huh. Um, a university, like a community college, whatever. Um, right. And so. there are three in Beatrice currently, and they're looking to get a fourth one, right? Oh, boy. You put me on the spot. Um, I think that's what the Master Gardeners told me. Justin is the one that, that, oh, handles, that, the, that okay. handles the new affiliates, so I'm not sure who's been communicating with I think them. it's somewhere in that range, but cool. I know the library's one. Chautauqua's one, and I can't remember. Was it Crystal, is it Crystal Springs, the park there that in Beatrice? No, that's here. Oh, oh, yeah, Crystal Springs. Okay, here, yeah. what's that park in Beatrice? Uh, Chautauqua. Yeah, there's Chautauqua, but and it's not affiliated yet. It's one down by yep, the river, I that believe. that one is, what do they call that? It's got the kissing tree is all I know. Maybe Alex knows about this one, but all I know is it's, <laughs> it's a tree that the dude brought us there. Said, oh, they call it, the young ones call it the kissing tree. It's like, oh, because you often come to this tree to get your first kiss. And I'm like, ah, okay. Well, anyway. Yeah, where is a, that tree again? Right, just, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Randy's looking for his <laughs> first <laughs> kiss yet. <laughs> 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 first that's meaningful right. one, yeah. <laughs> right. you know. Uh, well, I know where we're going tonight, honey. Uh, no, but anyway. not be listening. <laughs> anyway, it's an old Osage orange tree that's kind of, it, it's got a, a lot of character. It's kind of, you know, leaning down and then kind of growing up yeah. again with this big, cool trunk on it's a really yeah. really neat tree so so be, before i forget so you you are uh officed in, in the university right but you're not part of the university right. per se right. so 
uh, because a lot of people ask me about, you know, uh, backyard farmer. And uh, so you weren't really then banned from being on being on the Backyard Farmer program, right? They said, we do not want this guy <laughs> on the air anymore. In fact, John Fetch used to be the uh, right? uh, uh, host because um, we were on for like a year or two. And, then, you, they, and yeah. then they didn't tell us, but they just never invited us back. <laughs> so I actually put one of them on the spot, Rock, if you're listening. And So why did you do that? He's like, well, one was, uh, he said, because you guys don't know vegetables. I'm like, What? I know a thing or two about veggies, and I, if I don't know it, if it's a rot in a spot or an insect, I can just point down the down the bench, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it sounds bogus to me. He too, even Bob. knew the question. He said Justin was asked. Somebody asked, "What is the difference between an indeterminate and a determinate tomato?" And Justin <laughs> was like, "I determined. I don't know the difference <laughs> between." It's like, what's a guy gonna do? He's not gonna lie, right? Yeah, you right. Know? Oh, I can tell you the difference. Right. Yeah. So Go. the the indeterminate is going to continue to grow and produce all year, where the determinate tomatoes grow to a certain size and produce a certain amount through the year. Right. So I like a determinate cherry tomato because those cherry tomatoes are like, they take over your entire garden if you're not careful, right? Because right. they just keep growing and they produce so many cherry tomatoes. So a determinate one would keep it smaller and not quite as a high amount of production. So the harvest happens more all at once. Right, right? it is. It's it's pretty... Um, uh, stuck in that one location or time frame right. the concern i had was one year i accidentally bought a determinate like regular size tomato and i was worried that i would have if i would have enough production for my salsa and stuff that i like to make and so i did plant an extra tomato that year but i was fine with, with i had four determinate tomatoes and it still produced plenty right. can right. you get cucumbers uh, like that no. You can't, because no. that would be handy, right? right? Right. To make pickles. Well, and to keep the plants a little more. I suppose they do have the um, uh, patio versions, or the shrub, yeah. the shrub, uh, or what do they call them? A little bush type. Bush, yes, thank yeah. you. The bush cucumbers and the bush zucchinis and mm -hmm. things like that, that are going to be a little more um, compact in size. Yeah. They still just grow large but well i mean you, you, but you know but you think about pickles you know that yeah. you get so many of them and they keep growing so quickly and right you put them in the refrigerator and they last a long long time so mm -hmm. you can take your time pickling them i would imagine right. I but yeah. the yeah. uh yeah that's the difference between those two tomatoes yeah, so yeah, yeah. for anyone listening but yeah we used to be on the show okay. there at backyard farmer right and so i would start elaborating with this answer and john fetch would be at the other end of the table off camera spinning his finger in a wheel <laughs> And I'm like going, uh, and so it kind of threw me off going, am I, does that mean I'm supposed to like stop like right now? Is that, I'm assuming that means wind it up, Bob, wind it up. You're talking too much. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, I was like, uh, okay, so that's all I have to say. About sometimes, that. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> Sunday morning, uh, when I'm sitting in the pew, I will, you know, you're not <gasps> checking your watch. Yeah, you? be checking the watch uh, and tapping on uh -huh, it, uh -huh. you know, you do not do that in church. No, I don't. <laughs> You're holding it up as he's. We need to finish up the sermon. Looky uh, here. You know, <laughs> we all have a roast in the crock pot. Right. <laughs> that would be naughty. It's a wind this up. Uh, so, but uh, so no, no backyard farmer for you. Right. However, uh, you do have another media outlet mm -hmm. that, uh, that I think Bring it's uh, it's it's a yeah. it's a something that you you enjoy and you do it. Just to kind of, it's kind of playtime for you. Yeah. Uh, but I know you take it very, very seriously. Well. And I, you know, it's 
kind of hard maybe down here sometimes to pick up the signal. Used to be, not anymore. You could be in Reykjavik, Iceland. And wow, that's up. true. Sure. We are. That's true. I didn't think about it. That's right. Coming K in that way. KZUM.org yeah. is the numbers you just remember. Um, oh, okay. Nebraska's K only non-commercial radio station. Yeah. Which Public is radio. Cool. Pu yeah. yeah. And it's a, you know, you know anything that's below the uh, 80, you right. know, the 90s and lower, that's all uh, non-profit free radio. Right. And so you do a, a weekly? Yes. Uh, every Wednesday from 11 till noon. And the shows are archived. Uh -huh. Um for at least the last three weeks, and then you can kind I can't remember what outlet you can find it on. I'm not versed with those things, but you can go back to the 2015 if you're really bored in life and want to listen. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a different gardening show. It's, it, it was, I didn't want to talk about all the problems with gardening. So this one I focus on all the positives of gardening. And mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of funny because people won't call in. Um, and say, you know, I've got a tree dying because they know better. Don't bother bombing. Bite their head like, off because I want to say I I can't do anything about your dead tree. You know, it's <laughs> like it's dead already. You know, it's like, well, why did it die? It's like, uh, you know, what are you going to do about it anyway? It's yeah. like, I'm not going to let the next one die like that. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, so yeah, it's it's just really fun stuff. I bring people in uh, that are they're doing. Uh, great uh, local works you know um, okay um so it could be a local organization or whatever uh, uh maybe a, it's an herbalist maybe it's somebody with extension like sarah browning i'll bring in uh once a year and and to talk things with sarah and then just a wide variety of guests it's a it's a good time i, I be people i bring in mm -hmm. um do you ever have guests like uh, your guest is on the phone but stays on the phone with you for the whole because it's sometimes uh, yeah i, I want to be on the program but i you know oh yeah we, I can, you know it's tough for me to be there at, at you know 10 30 wednesday morning right and, right you know. it's all because of covid we it's all phone interview now and and, yeah. it, and it has remained that way which but, has yeah. taught me i could have somebody on the air from you know a long ways away now so there's a uh, gentleman over in blue springs Named George Pinkerton. Uh -huh. <laughs> George. And Carol, they have Rosalind Nursery. Yes. And uh, you probably know all about it. Oh, yeah. I've been uh, there. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so they, they're doing some Aren't great. They an Arboretum site? Yes. They have one right oh, there. Yeah, yeah yep. they do mm -hmm. have an Arboretum it's, there. But, yeah. but they're, you know, he's doing some, they're doing some great work oh, with uh, keeping, you know, Nebraska product. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. George is a good man. And, um, yeah, they, they have a, a cool little nursery there, lots of diversity and, and grows great trees. In fact, mm -hmm. I purchased some from him to sell last year. This year, we didn't get it done. George, if you're listening, we will again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, and then the trailhead, was it Standing Bear Trailhead, um, working with the folks there, they, they've – you know, utilize the statewide Arboretum has a grant program so people can apply for grants to get trees planted in places like Blue Springs because I know they've done that as well. And certainly if you go around Beatrice, Chautauqua Park and others, you know, George's uh, stamp on how can <laughs> I make a difference is all over town. Yeah. And uh, you can kind of see when George uh, left on to a different position because he used to be with the city. When George left, you can date the trees and, uh, you know, it's like, oh, this was a George planting because it's around 35 <laughs> feet. He can tell you which ones he planted. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there's and there's lots of them. Oh, I mean, some of them at least right? that, that yeah. he planted. Uh, we'll have a, a guy, a master gardener here, that uh, he was talking about trees to me. And I was, you know, I always 
plant fluff trees, you know, and I shouldn't. I know it. We call yeah, them foo I know, I know. But he was telling me, he says, no, nah, you know, I like to, I like to, 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 to plant the oaks and the ones that, you know, in like 70 years I'll be long gone and somebody <laughs> will stand with their child underneath that tree and you know, go, oh, you know who planted that? That was uh, so-and-so. That's right. And it'll be around a long time. We have Kathy from Beatrice with us now. Hi, Kathy. Hi, how are you? Uh, just Gabby, but uh, <laughs> we're glad you called. You, you have a question? I have two questions, actually. Um, first one is um, about our pin oak tree in our backyard. Um, we used to have um, a gentleman that came, and he um, would treat it periodically um, like an iron treatment mm-hmm. or something, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... He hasn't done it for a long time. He passed away. Then we had another guy that did it, and he moved away. And so it's been quite a while, and I feel like we need to have it done again. I don't know who to call. Yeah, so the um, <clears throat> excuse me, pin oaks um, have, a, have a terrible problem with uh, iron chlorosis. Um, and right. so if you don't get them treated, you know, they don't need to be treated every year, um, but every few years. Um, and there's some a uh, few different guys uh, in the Beatrice area that would do that. Um, so um, I don't know if I could they email you and you send that yep. to, rather than saying over the air. Yep, yep. Rather than picking on you know right. one or yeah, I know that's one the, the, the other. O- you know, it always feels radio. weird to say, well, you know, <laughs> I understand. This, yeah, okay. you yeah. know, you and know I, where to find me, Kathy. I have, I have um, Nicole's email. I'll, yep. I can email that. Perfect. Yeah. Question to her. And That'll be is your tree sh- is your tree showing symptoms? I, yeah, I think it's. I, I feel like the color is turning a little more yellow, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm just wanting it treated. So. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. right. And you know, right. sometimes um, in some cases, when we start to see iron chlorosis, it can be kind of the beginning of the end. So what we'll see is the iron chlorosis. We'll see some branches start to die back, and it just continues on. So even with the treatment, sometimes that's not always going to fix it. Um, but hopefully, I mean, but if you've been doing it for a few times um, over the years, it's probably okay, and that'll kind of help it out, um, get it through. But they, they do not love our soils. Pin oaks and, and Nebraska soils aren't a great friend. Is your tree have any hey. sort of branch dieback at all, or does it look in, um, in general there, healthy? There is some of that, I would say, um, and truly, I'm not a huge fan of it just because of the acorns that are everywhere, and um, they yeah. hurt my feet when I'm walking in the backyard, and so mm-hmm. I'd be okay having it gone. But um, Oh, wow. But at the, at the same time, I'd like to save it if we can. So, right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, and and doing the having someone come in and do the injections is a better option than just like because there is like iron granules, but the thing is the iron is in the soil. It's just our soil holds onto it really tightly, and so it's not releasing it out to the to the roots of that tree. So if you put more granules in, well, just you're just wrong. gonna yeah, that is just wrong. <laughs> it's just not right. It's stingy soil. <laughs> it's that clay that we I know. have. You know, it's that a, crazy. It's our clay soils. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah, right. so the injections will do good for you. Question two. Question two is I have um, an endless summer hydrangea in our front yard. Um, it, it's blooming really nicely this year. Um, I've read different things that you should um, cut off the blossoms so that more will grow. Um, seems like one year I did that and none of them 
I didn't have any more produced, and so I don't want to cut them, but I also, I don't know for sure what I'm supposed to do with that. Mm. You know, that endless summer was probably the most uh, marketed plant in the history of plants. I mean, when it came out, uh-huh. it was just all over the map as far as uh, being promoted, and sure. it was being promoted as a rebloomer. But um, I don't know if they ever tested that reblooming prowess in places like Nebraska <laughs> and yeah, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. I think that rebloom prowess they were testing was in places like California and, uh, you know, Jersey, you know. So anyway, yeah, it's a judgment call. You're not going to do anything wrong if you cut back those heads, right, and try to get more rebloom. But, you know, it, you're not going to hurt the plant, obviously. But um, if you're after it, well, I, I would like to see those heads, you know, persist all the way through fall and even into winter. You know, do you have just one where you could experiment and say, say, um, you, say you just cut one back? I, I did cut a couple of them off that were down low mm-hmm. um, and kind of hidden. I thought, okay, I can try this and see what happens. But, yeah, um, yeah I love to have them, um, the blooms on them all winter long i love that right. and i i don't want them to be gone so i've never heard sure i've never heard of anybody saying their endless summer bloom for them three times or two times over the summer so i think mm-hmm. i would err on the i'm just going to leave them and uh and okay. that way i enjoy that architecture all winter long and i would too all right because hydrangeas are very finicky oh they'll and, break your heart and if you you're, know they, if they you're are. getting them to bloom <laughs> i'd say you are doing good because right. so many All people right. call me and tell me, well, they look good, but they're not blooming. And I pruned here, I pruned in the spring, I pr- pruned in the fall and it's one you can prune anytime and it's still not. And right. so they're just very finicky. So if you've got one in a location where it's doing a good bloom for you, I wouldn't mess yeah. too much with it. Give it the thumbs up because mm-hmm. that's that for endless summer. That's pretty, yeah. pretty good in Nebraska. Yeah. There's some newer varieties out there though. that are really good. Um, that are that are really good bloomers um, that are very popular in Lincoln, and mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, I need to find which one that is yeah, because that we have a lot of trouble with them blooming in this southern part of. I can just see people coming up. I was in Lincoln for a football game, and I saw all these hydrangeas in bloom. What is that? But are those the, um, like, the Annabelle and those kind? No, Annabelle's an old-fashioned one. Um, Oh, now the the, my brain, it's escaping my brain. I will will look it up during break. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. Is that all you needed, Kathy? That's all I need. Thank you very much for your help. Thank you. um, Have a great day. You too. You too. Have a good weekend, Kathy. We will be back. We're going to take another time out. Good time for you to get to the telephone and give us a call on Yard and Garden Live. Back with more Yard and Garden Live on your Friday morning. We would love to hear from you. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Came up with the, with the name of the of of uh, the, the, the popular hydrangea. the popular the hydrangea. hydrangea there's one out there called limelight that's mm-hmm. really popular in Lincoln and there's one yeah. in other words a little shorter one called little limelight oh, yeah. um, look at me and say short right yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and and then even shorter than that called bobo so randy would be like bobo all right uh, no. i'll be a bobo for <laughs> it's you it's a nice that's name all right i don't care whoever came uh, up with that name in their marketing meeting was pretty smart i know 
Bobo. That's it. <laughs> I know Bobo. But, but but anyway, yeah. And then there's there's oak leaf hydrangea, which mm-hmm. I'm a big fan yeah, of. There's lots of great oak leaf hydrangeas out there for you, worth looking into. And then finally, one name I think it, that, that's an overlooked, unsung hero called Tartaba. It's got a funny name: T A T A R D I V A Tartaba. Um, I don't know why they chose that name because it's certainly no Bobo. No, <laughs> but but it's a really cool uh, hydrangea that's that's tough and easy and good for our country. Okay. And those are those are all white bloomers though, mm-hmm. right? And they're yep. good for the our country. The limelight has a little green. Are part of the country. Oh, okay. I thought I was. <laughs> I thought we were getting patriotic. I was. I was looking over there. Drum and fife was getting ready. Right. So okay. That's a hydrangea. They are good for America. Hydrangea in every pot. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three is our phone number on yard. And Garden Live. I think um, we have a call. No, we do? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, 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 guess who it is. Mm-mm. Who is it? Oh, no. Is it Wilma? No. Oh, because she always stumps me. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Rose. Hi, oh. Rose. <laughs> that was my next Good choice. Morning. Good morning, Good Rose. Morning. I have to apologize. I missed most of the program because I was doing some watering and then the cows got out. So, oh. anyway. Yeah. I love it. Um, Can't have that. I was. I think uh, hydrangeas in every pot would be good if you've got <laughs> red ones. Are there red ones? There is a pink one. I mean, that's the, what we've got going. Yeah, like the microphylla is more of a pink. Yeah. It's kind of pink. The, yeah, it's not red. Summer. Yeah, it's more. It'd pink. be more yeah. pink. I don't know if they have a red one. No, and, well, and it I could didn't be. I think so. But you were talking about white. <laughs> a red one would be cool. Oftentimes, what you'll see, like if you have the big white inflorescence, as that white is fading. The the, right. the fading the fading inflorescence will turn reddish. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you have, or no? no I mine aren't. I've got an oak leaf hydrangea, but mm-hmm. but that's it. Um, I I'm not into hydrangeas much. I don't have time. They're too finicky. Good for you. Yeah, I like it. I shouldn't say that. But there's okay. a here's a woman that's <laughs> like I'm finicky. not I'm not gonna plan anything that takes m- my time. I oh, don't. No, she does. No, she I mean tries. and not and not and not repay me. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- they are yeah. tough. They are yeah. very finicky. They, they're water hogs, and I mm-hmm. think that's one of the main things is like, oh. they, you know, it's like uh, if, if we run into a drought or this, you know, this weather we're going to be having this next week, your yeah. hydrangea is probably going to say, give me a drink. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're finicky that yeah, way. We, we seem to have that problem around here. My real question is for <laughs> Bob Henriksen. Oh, great. And I'm wondering about, because we have the bandstand over there on the west uh, court right across the bridge, and we are hoping to turn that area into an arboretum designation. Oh, cool. And I know Nicole knows about it already. Yeah, was, is and that the fourth one? We have three in Beatrice, right? We have Chautauqua, Riverside, and then I think the library, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. See, I was yeah, right. Yeah. Boom. We, yeah. You must have missed that. We were talking about those. Oh, well, no, I... I she was out chasing cattle. Right. <laughs> Sorry, back to I your was. question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so anyway, sometime or other, we, we have not uh, forgotten about that. We would like to, like to be able to do that. And so then once we get an inventory of the trees, what's the next thing to do? Yeah, uh, the, the, the easiest thing for you to do, Justin Evertson is who you're going to be contacting, who's the actual human you'll be sending your application to, and Justin's been with the Arboretum for a long time. You can find his email either through our website or the Nebraska Forest Service website, but the, the easiest thing would be to go to our website 
and one of the drop-down menus that you click on, um, it, it says how to become an Arboretum. So basically you okay. click on that, and it takes you through the step-by-step approach of what you need to do. It's an, it's an easy application. I think it's like a two-page application. But you're right, starting off with identifying what's here, you know, taking some uh-huh. good pictures because a lot of times, you know, you, you can apply for that uh, affiliation and, and solve a lot by saying, here's what we have, here's where we want to go, and, and here's some pictures of our site. And then Justin will pay you a site visit. Um, okay. And, uh, and you, you guys can walk around and, and talk, talk about the, the, the past, present, and future. Great. Yes. Anytime after the fair would be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just let the fair go first. <laughs> and just make sure it's 105 that day when you get yeah. Justin out for uh, the tour. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh-huh. Rose helps a lot with the open class flower show, don't you, Rose? Oh, yes. At yes. The fair. We're preparing as we speak. Awesome. Good. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's yeah. good news, Rose. I, I think that'd be a great addition to, you know, and, and, and the statewide arboretum, we even have what's called community arboretum sites. So within a community, there's like five or six affiliated sites within the community. That way the community is only paying one affiliation due rather than mm-hmm. five different sites each paying affiliations. Now, of course, we would love that. that that's a good thing to help keep us keep the lights on. But oftentimes cities would say something like, you know, because they have pretty – strained budgets right especially when it comes to trees sure. and parks right that's always the last right. on the list and right. so you don't want them to feel like uh why do you want to do this you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so yeah. that's something yeah. to, to talk over with justin too about just beatrice becoming a community arboretum site and having all Wonderful. of those all of those under the umbrella mm-hmm. of that community arboretum site mm-hmm. well i appreciate that because i wasn't aware of that uh possibility because i do know they pay a separate fee for the other three right and you know and again it it just depends you know if the library's probably paying their own fee because they're under their own budget you know that type of thing and and but that can be done um Mm -hmm. worth worth looking into for sure great well the city has been really good to work with us Mm -hmm. because we worked on that uh whole thing for about a year and a half and uh went to the city a number of times, and they would probably shake their heads every time they saw us coming right. through the door. <laughs> Here they come oh, again. Here no. they come again. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> Persistence pays. Yes, good. So anyway, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for you. calling, Rose. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. Sorry about Bye, those cattle getting out. That's oh, great. Yeah. You don't want Ooh, that. Like I think that. she got him back in. Sounds I like think it. so. She Sounds didn't seem very concerned. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been calling us, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That, um, it's it's surprising that, you know, because generally we get to hear from Rose, which is we great. Do. She calls a lot, yeah. which is good. Um, yeah, wonderful. She, I was, and she always has good questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, today, Fairbury is hosting a B1 bracket of the American Legion uh, baseball tournament at City Park. And if you can't make it through the game, you can listen to first-round action. Beatrice taking on Aurora at 5. And Fairbury takes on Crete at 8 o'clock right here on Red 99.5 Baseball. Been very, very good to me. I love the, the, the baseball. <laughs> Actually, I'm going over to the city park after this. And I'm, Are meeting, you? I'm meeting a fellow from the city to talk about they're, they're wanting to plant trees around the softball complex, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, so you're which is a the, good thing. Yeah, you're so see the, the complex and the Leathers Playground. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with Leathers Playgrounds, a company that did a lot of playgrounds all across the United States, Mm. all wood. Mm. So, yeah, and that's in our city park. And they've been doing a lot of work in city park. They also have been doing some improvements with the street and uh, guttering. And, uh, yeah, so 
Good. I'm glad. Looking uh, forward to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, a lot of different trees in our city park. It's not, you know, somebody looked ahead and said, nah, we don't want to plant all of one thing here. Right. So, uh, so that was good. It needs to be an affiliated Arboretum site. Just saying. Well, you know, uh, perhaps you might be uh, something that might be something that you could uh, test your um, your skills on, you know, with the, you know, sales pitch today. Like a hint, hint, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Gotcha. That's kind of what I'm <laughs> saying. That. Okay. Here's Dale. Pleasant Dale. I love it. Hey, I have a question on some poison ivy that I have in the grass that's kind of around some trees. Wow. I have some clover in there, and I really don't want to kill the clover that's in the grass. But what would be best to put on this poison ivy? Because I don't like that stuff either. No, no. no. Yeah. yeah, that is a, a hard kill. Let's put it that way. Is it hard to kill, too? Yeah. How about tenacity? Right. You know, I honestly have not heard, like, so this is mowed grass, an area you mow once a week. No, I I don't mow that often because it don't grow up that high, so I kind of let it do its thing. Gotcha. And when, and when I was walking back there the other day, I seen the three-leaf creatures there, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm glad I got shoes on. Yeah. But it's, I don't want it to keep spreading because then I have a really big mess. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Then I'll round up the whole works. But Dang. I didn't know if there was something before it gets it's a patch maybe around 10 foot, you know, 15 mm. foot. Mm-hmm. That, that there, There's some there, but if I don't do something with it, I'll have a whole bunch of it, and I don't want that. Yeah. Boy, I you know, I've, I've not heard of which, you know, it's going to take a pretty strong chemical, meaning the chemical is probably going to take out your clover too because yeah. it's not going to distinguish between the two. Um, okay. It is what it is. But, you, you know, you can kind of keep it at bay through mowing practices, I would think. Um, you think so? You know, if I did mow that more often, it, you think it'd kill it? I just don't know for sure because I haven't been put in that situation. But, you know, it, it certainly might be is, worth trying. It might be worth trying. You because don't it, see it usually in a lawn that's mowed. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the okay. more that plant would get its top growth mowed off, it's just going to basically give up, you know, because there's nothing there. But... Meaning, that's why I asked you if it was mowed, if, if that plant is hanging out very prostrate, you know, growing flat. And because you're mowing it, it's responding by, by mm-hmm. keeping itself short and just expanding that way is one thing. Another thing you can consider doing is, since it's only a 10 by 10 foot area, is eradicating it in that area. Uh, uh-huh. you know, and that eradication could be yeah, a, a chemical, but uh, you could also smother it. You yeah. know, and just plastic. say, yeah, mm-hmm. plastic or cardboard even. Uh, oh, cardboard you know mm-hmm. some good corrugated cardboard you could weigh that cardboard down with some soil on top or whatever and i realize that's going to put a would, hole in your would, yard would that you know. would that come back though because you know like you, you you see these guys they put bales over on the, you know on top of the grass or they don't move them in the and the grass dies and pretty soon all your brome comes back in with the with no. the that's brome. <laughs> yes, that's brome. That's brome. That's brome. Brome just kind of shrugs his shoulders and says, yeah, we got this. But but no, uh, <laughs> the, the poison ivy, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, it's going to take a while for that smothering to, to finally do in because uh, poison ivy puts a lot of energy into its roots. You know, yeah. that's why it's famous. Yeah. But. And if you were wanting to, you could carefully spray the poison ivy right. over the clo- rather than hitting that spot and the clover. Right. Yep, spot like, spraying. Like the spot. Yep, 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 get one of those, uh, you know, the sprayers. Yep. It's got a nice little 
nozzle end and you can keep it pretty well contained right. and not damage too much of the clover if right. you're if okay. you're thinking of using a pesticide as well and right. and i would go with um i would probably go with like your triclopyr products right like the there's a brush killer and it's labeled for poison ivy yep um and that's what i would would yep. go with on that okay one. Well, that's yeah. pretty heavy duty stuff yeah. in it it's a little yeah. tougher oh, than, yeah. it, it than might say something up. on the on the label like as long as you don't want anything growing here for the next forty, um, it's not. Yeah. It's not no, well, that bad. Just kidding. Yeah. But I, it would be yeah. something you need to be careful with around like other right. plants and you yeah. know things like that. But it should be okay around trees, right. around the tree roots. If you have a lot of time on your hands, what you could do is, uh, and, and and it's no. not very th dense. Um, you could do Nicole's method, and then you know do the glove method where mm -hmm. you have the mm -hmm. chemical in a container where you're very localizing it. So you put a, a plastic glove over your hand and then a cloth, oh. a cloth glove over that, right? No? Uh -huh. Yeah, you can. Uh -huh. Yeah. But um, if he's very sensitive to poison ivy, I probably wouldn't recommend that one. Oh, wow. It would even penetrate that? that, that um, no, but some people are very sensitive to it mm -hmm. and um, just being... Yeah, spot spray then. I, yeah, I think I would go spot spray. If you're well, very sensitive, I, maybe have somebody else. When I was a kid, I could run through it because I didn't even know what it was. Right. When I hit my thirties, that something happened, and I got the good graces of getting mm -hmm. what's these rashes, and it's yep. like that was never too fun. Yeah, you don't but want that. No. Is there a certain time of year that would kill it easier? You mm -hmm. know, I know this mm -hmm. time of year usually the plants are tough as a woodpecker's beak. But, I love it. Uh, uh, that's a good uh, one. I like that. Is there a better time maybe to kill them when they're more... Yeah. yeah, I would say, the wouldn't fall, you? Fall. The fall would be yeah. best because in the fall, those perennial weeds and poison ivy is one of those are taking those nutrients down from the sh from the leaves, leaves, sorry, uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. down into uh -huh. the roots because um, they're taking all that stuff they built through the year yeah. from their you know photosynthesis, and so they'll take that pesticide with it at that point, right. and so you'll get a better kill of the root. Um, whereas if you they, spray it, you know, now or in the spring, you're going to just kind of kill back those leaves, and the root's right. still alive. It's yeah. going to come back. So maybe he could two-prong it. You could start mowing now and then spray in the fall. Mm -hmm. right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Or Listen, doing the stress or, or, or even When it comes to spraying this stuff, and I don't know if this is true, but he swears by it. After the first frost, then hit it because it'll mm -hmm. start sucking that poison down the roots. Is that true? Yeah, you're going like later September and into October, and I would do a couple applications. Mm -hmm. Or wait, okay. you know, like doing the smothering method, just starting that now and that Right. You know, leave it through the the winter, um, and next spring it should be okay. And then right. you can just kind of overseed that area. Yeah, the hassle with that okay. smother method is, you know, if you kill your grass, then you got to reseed the grass, right. and that's yeah. annoying. Yeah. And, you know, or leave it, yep. and the clover will take over. If you like the clover, it'll right. come back in. Right. Well, the bees, the bees like mm -hmm. the clover. Yeah, yep. so yeah, they do. Yep. So I try to leave that. Mine's not a rock lawn, if you would. So call it. It has a lot of clover in it for the bees. So good, good for you. Got to watch yeah. what I put on there. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, okay. good for you. So, anyhow, okay. Well, yeah. thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you for your call, and we'll be back right after this. Well, as we go up and around the bend, it is time to uh, say bye bye. Uh, for this week, Bob Henriksen, thank you so much for coming down. You're welcome. You. You, there is no way you can get uh, get 
get by doing it next year. You will be here. Well, yeah, of course. Yes, you <laughs> I, will. I don't give Bob be the here. option. I'm like, right? Bob, which yeah. day do you want? Yeah, yeah, right. It's like you know, it's like <laughs> I always pick the heat of summer. Yeah, yeah. you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. So it's always, the end. always, always, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, you just wind Bob up, and Wee, we're good. Take and take and take. take I'm it always away. very confident in the show that Bob is on. Me too. If I don't know, Bob's yeah. gonna know. Yeah, and it's kind of like Sarah Browning, kind of right. like George, right. kind of like uh, Dr. Paul Reed. Really, all I mean, of my you know, guests. really, really all, all of the of guests are mm-hmm. um, do a really good job. And uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks for taking a look at our city park. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that is a, a very cool because they're really uh, working on on the on the city park on you know structures and everything else. And it's nice to the, know that they yeah we're not forgetting the uh, live and growing things down You're there. You're going to have lots of Siberian elms and mulberries now. <laughs> Down there in your good choice. Yeah, please. <laughs> that. Yeah, and, and make sure we make make sure you get some locusts from there. All right, there we'll get too. some good locusts too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe ne- more native stuff. <laughs> believe it or not, next week is the last week I for Yard and Garden Live before we take our uh, our uh, summer hiatus, is kind of what right. we call it. Yeah. Uh, it, we just found that a lot of times in August, people interest is starting to wane a little mm-hmm. bit. They shut down. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, just uh, so we come back and do a couple of shows in the fall. It yeah. seems to work out. But uh, next week, who is the guest? We have Jody Green. She is an entomologist um, from, well, she's now in Omaha, um, but we've had her on the show before, and she's a, she's a great little entomologist. So. All right. Very good. So we'll see you then. Yes. Till then, keep it green. Keep it growing, folks.